What's up, Dunwoody? This is a podcast that's all about Dunwoody. Thanks for joining us. If you're new to the show, my name is Matt Weber. I'm a residential real estate agent with eXp Realty. Started the show a few years back to get to know the city that I serve. I couldn't have or wouldn't have started the show without my co-host, Justin Dyke. Justin is a software developer and founder of PoolDues.com. We have two sponsors here at What's Up Dunwoody. Our original sponsor and favorite doctor in the world is Dr. Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics. Brett is a good guy, and you should completely trust him with your teeth and the teeth of your children. There's no way for me to prove that to you on a podcast plug, um, but he is a good friend of mine and my personal orthodontist. If you need other social proof, you can see from his reviews that he is absolutely loved by his past patients and lots of five stars. Our next sponsor is Porter Brew and Q Brewery. This Sunday is the long-awaited Oyster Fest. Just $32 gets you all that you can eat smoked or smoked and then fried oysters, french fries, hush puppies, and any draft beer or seltzer. Please call to reserve your place in advance. It will sell out. For safety and social distancing, they are only allowing 100 wristbands. If there are any available at the door, the price will be $40. There will be three musical acts, Friction, Three Piece Chicken, and Julie Gribble. Julie's awesome. There will be cornhole, another game set up, so please bring the family. There will be football on 15 televisions and a good time had by all. It is Justin's wife, Rachel, my sister-in-law's birthday weekend, so we'll both be there with our families. Um, If you're a listener and happen to see us there, please say hello. It's always nice to know that somebody is actually listening. Today's guest, Max Lehman, was posting into our Dunwoody Community Forum group on Facebook about the Charter Commission and a vote that was coming up a while back. It piqued my interest, one, because... I didn't know what he was talking about at all, and um, normally I have some idea. Number two, he seemed to know a lot about the Charter Commission. Um, Mainly, he just wants to make sure that Dunwee citizens are involved in any long-term changes and that everything is out in the open. Um, Since the city was incorporated, our taxes haven't changed at all. Tax talk will always get everybody's attention, but most citizens need a heads up that the conversation is even being had. Max wants to make sure that if we're going to change taxes, um, we need to raise the tax cap, and it needs to be out in the open and voted on. And it needs to be stated where exactly those extra taxes will go. We get into that, voting by Dunwee districts and term limits and a bunch of other stuff that me and Justin know very little about. So here's a 30-minute conversation with one smart guy and a couple of idiots. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, we're here with Max Lehman. Like, uh, put something in layman's terms, right? <laughs> Not spelled <laughs> like go. that? <laughs> That's what you're going to have to do for us today because we don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's uh, not common uh, information. It's, uh, we like to say, kind of in the weeds or, or uh, wonk, you know, policy wonk stuff. Yeah. Well, well when I, you write, that, write things down on notes like this, it's definitely not going to be common, right? Only you have the, the secret formula. <laughs> Was this in a bottle earlier today? <laughs> it, came, it came by ship, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yellowy paper. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, thanks for coming on today. Um, we, I've, I've gotten to know you from Facebook groups, from our uh, Dunway area, I guess, community forum, and a little bit in the, in the restaurant reviews. Right. And um, you seem like you know what you're talking about. So well, thank you for that's that. why I reached out at least once to you. Thank you for that, and I certainly appreciate the work you guys have been doing. You've uh, really opened up, I think, an effective dialogue in Dunwoody from a lot of people that normally wouldn't be heard from. So I think it's very important what you're doing, and I'm I'm delighted to be here. It is for the three people that listen to this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's a handful. But, and then you also, you know, you're kind of one of the guys that keeps it positive, too. There's a lot of negativity, especially on Facebook these days. And 
I feel like that group gets pretty negative pretty fast. <laughs> I'd say nine out of 10 of the posts are positive, but the negative ones rise right to the top because there's 150 comments under each one. And that's how Facebook works. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> the worst boils up. You know, and I, I suppose that mirrors nationally the trends that we see, and they're being templated down, down to Dunwoody. I know that in our last charter commission, uh, there were a lot, a lot of national issues that were being templated to Dunwoody that really weren't relevant to the work the charter committee was doing. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, people felt like it was a takeover and increasing taxes when, in fact, all we were talking about was how we would pay for fire service if we didn't have fire service. Okay, well, take us even dumber than that. So, I mean, we're, we're even dumber than that. So go back. What is the Charter Commission? Like, why do we have a Charter Commission? Certainly, certainly. So the Charter Commission is designed to make recommendations for changes to the General Assembly. Uh, the, those recommendations go to three representatives, one from Brookhaven and then two from our area here, Sally Harrell, Mike Walensky, and Matt uh, oh, that's Wilson. who it is? Yeah, Matt Wilson. Oh, Matt oh interesting. Yeah, so he, he, <laughs> we know some of those characters. <laughs> okay, so those folks there get the recommendations. Now, as a practical matter, those recommendations are reviewed by the lawmakers. They may make a suggestion like having a non-binding referendum on a recommendation if it has to do with a taxation matter, perhaps. They don't have to do that. It then goes into local legislation if the DeKalb delegation has no objection to it it goes to the consent agenda in the general assembly where it is duly passed and that's what's important to understand that even though the charter commission is only making recommendations they're probably going to get through okay it's important to understand it. You understand that? Yeah, I kind of got it. Yeah, I kind of got it's it. It's like <laughs> most of it. It's like when the when the boss of the family leans on a, you know, a lower level guy. It's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> interesting analogy. He brings everything back to yeah. the wire sopranos. <laughs> I can relate. Um, it, it it has to do with local rule. The the concept is called home rule and that the local people know best what they want. The idea of a charter commission goes back to the colonial days where we had a constitutional convention where lawmakers would get together and write the charter for the nation. Well, this is at the local level where the citizens get to change, revise, modify their charter at the local level. And that's what, why it's so important. Because these changes are long-lasting. They typically last 15, 20 years. And they may never change back. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been, you know, Mike hasn't been, I guess, Mike for very long. Like, I would have thought it would have been older older guys that were, you know, still from the Charter Commission. Does it turn over that quickly? Well, we've had, <laughs> it certainly didn't done what we had a, a, an about face in our local leadership based on the people's vote. Yeah. So that the people who are appointing Charter Commission members align differently than the former set of people. So it is a little political. Well, for example, one of the Charter Commission members is the um, chair of the Democrat uh, Party in DeKalb and and also Sally Sally Harrell's uh, communications director. So that's very political, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert was around, you know, in the very beginning. So to answer your question, there is somebody that was originally there, although his views typically were different than most of the people who were working on the city. Mm-hmm. 
so what's a big thing that they've done recently i guess well other than money and power not much okay yeah so i mean money money was last month and you know the charter commission is designed the intent of the charter commission was there's two two aspects to that question one is process and then the other are the two issues or three issues okay uh, the process, the Charter Commission is designed to fix small problems, resolve small things. If the city's working the way it should be, it should be a sleepy little commission. That was what Mike Jacobs told me when I was appointed for it. We had no idea that Save Dunwoody, the Dunwoody Tea Party, and a bunch of other people were going to come out of the woodwork literally with pitchforks and, and, and torches because we had the temerity to suggest taxes might go up if we took on fire service. Right. Okay, so we figured out a way to finance Seems like it would have to. fire service without any kind of real tax increase, at least at first. But that brought so many people out. This commission kind of bypassed all of that and just said, let's re- just eliminate the millage rate cap. Let's just make that go away. This is what happened last month. This right. is what all the posts right. are about. Okay. Right. And and so what happened is people welled up and said, wait a second, the Charter Commission ought not be doing that. It's out of their scope. Yes, they can do it, but they ought not be doing it. They should not be doing it. So that never received a second, and it died at that point. It doesn't mean that it can't come back at the last meeting and get included in the Charter Commission recommendations. Um, as a matter of fact, it's there's a meeting tonight, city council meeting, and one of our councilors is going to present his uh, bicycle facility plan, which calls for $20 million in spending on bicycle facilities in the first Try five years. Try to guess who that is. Yeah, let's all guess. <laughs> you know, and, and, and listen, I'm not against, and I've, I've sat with Joe on the... <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> on the uh, transportation committee, and I'm not against any of that. I think it needs to be a public discussion and not discussed as Joe is doing. It is a public discussion, mm-hmm. but financing that ought to also be a f- public discussion. That's the key. The second point, the second issue is power, how we elect our local government. Right now, it's a majority rule that you have to get 50% plus one votes. An argument has been made that we change that to a plurality. Again, this is kind of in the weeds, but a plurality in political science, typically the example is the state of Tennessee. You have four cities, Memphis, Chattanooga, Knoxville, and Nashville. Memphis has the largest population, 45%. The assumption is everybody votes for their own city to be the new state capital. So Memphis wins because they've got the most, but the combined population of the other three cities is more than Memphis. Those people are disenfranchised. Over time, with a plurality, what happens is the disenfranchised voters will vote less. It is not going to increase voter turnout. Studies have shown this. It is pretty much accepted political science fact that a plurality will not increase voter turnout. Yet, that discussion was being made and recommendations are coming up right now. Bill Riley is drafting language to change our voting in the charter from a majority to a plurality plurality of 45 percent um now how, how would that apply here in dunwoody though break it down by neighborhood or? well so we have three districts oh right right district. district one always outvotes our district okay so essentially they will be primarily voting if they if trends continue their vote would count a little bit more and 
our district may decide not to vote because District 1 always outvotes us. It's not worth it, yeah. Yeah. And so these are the kinds of changes that if, first of all, if there was a problem, I haven't heard about it. Have you heard about it? I've never heard about it. So most people don't know that they, we are we do have districts, right? Yeah. Right, right. So most people don't even know we're a majority rule. Okay, and it is a little unusual. Most places are a plurality. Okay. There's nothing wrong with the plurality. But again, the discussion needs to be had in a public forum and not during the shadow of COVID times. Right. Okay. But do we vote on, do we ever vote on issues by district? I thought all we did district-wise was vote for the city council in that. The, that's right. Yeah, in okay. a way, that's voting for issues, though. But, yeah. but so John okay. Hennigan, if he gets if he gets 26% of the vote, and another candidate gets 13% of the vote, John would win right. in this district. Oh, I see what you're saying. I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be 50% plus one? No, it's oh, okay. going to a plurality, which is just, they call it first to the post. Whoever's got the most win, the most votes, wins. Right. Okay. Okay. It's simple, it's direct, but it does not increase voter turnout, and that's a key issue because that was brought up as being a benefit of going to a plurality, and it's not. Hmm. Okay. It's not. They were talking about changing term limits, and again, that may be a great idea, but I think it needs to be had by the public. Yeah. So. On all levels. On all levels. <laughs> on all levels, yes. And, and, and a good point. So that, you know, they've added a couple things, you know, improve water quality, improve, where, you know, uh, air quality. Those are feel good. They sound good. I don't know what they mean. Nobody's had a discussion as what the implications of those things could be. We have no idea. And again, that's something that sounds right. right. You know, it sounds like a good idea. Mm. Air quality is a tough one, you know, right. because it's like if your neighbor doesn't spray their yard and you do, well, guess what? You got mosquitoes, you know. Right. So Doraville doesn't step it up. <laughs> so these, these issues should be discussed and brought up by city council. Then in the light of day, they're discussed. The press is involved. People form opinions. They go to meetings. And nothing changes city council's opinion faster than 300 people showing up in a red T-shirt. I yeah. got a shirt, yeah. Right. Lots of phone calls. Lots of phone calls. Yeah. And, and, you know, until it came out really on Facebook and on your page, uh, nobody had any idea about this change with the removing the millage rate tax cap. Yeah. I still don't really understand it. No, I that's, that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> the millage rate tax cap or the... The, the cap, yeah. Well, yeah, so, let's talk about that. So that... At the time Dunwoody was formed, DeKalb County was run away with taxes. Our taxes were going up every time we turned around. Both county taxes and of course the school board tax, which is the largest part of your tax bill. We really can't control that very much. We'd like to, but we really are having a difficult time controlling that. So that Dunwoody felt the way, one way to really differentiate the city would be to have a, a tax cap. We have the benefit of the income stream off of the property taxes at the mall, plus other avenues of income, hotel, motel, revenue tax, and Which so has forth. Which worked well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our property taxes are therefore somewhat low. That protects all residents. It makes it easier for young families to come along, gets older folks to want to come here because they have a, a, an idea of what their taxes are going to be. So. Yeah, if you're on a set in income and. I mean, our taxes haven't changed in 10 years, right? right. 11 years. Yeah. We're all on a set income. 
you know, as an older person, when people say I'm on a, a, a you know set income, yeah, I get, I, you know, I have a set income, but we all have a set income. You make what you make. Maybe you make a little more if you work a little harder, but we all are on a set income. Taxes remaining static for a dozen years may not be the right thing for the future. We may want more suits, uh, uh, services. Joe's idea may, in fact, have traction. May people want to do that. It's worth having the discussion. Not There's a big art discussion coming tonight, too. The art discussion, again, I, I'm, I, I feel like the city has to have some sort of a art program. Maybe not buying art, but maybe funding young artists mm. or something of that nature. Art's cheap. Yeah. Well, not 20 mil, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so that these things, if we want to budget for them and people want to vote and pay for them, we can vote and raise the millage rate cap instead of eliminating it. By eliminating it, you give government in Dunwoody just what government everywhere has, and that is free reign to spend as they will. And that's what the Charter Commission wanted to do, is eliminate it? Well, they did want to eliminate the tax cap, yeah. Yeah. Again, in a manner that is unusual with this COVID time. Mm -hmm. If those meetings were open in public, they may have been as well attended as the meetings I chaired in the previous Charter Commission. Yeah. I'm sure they would have been. Okay. Drink if you hear somebody say unprecedented times. (laughs) Yeah, right. Do you, how much more do you know about the the whole bike thing? I mean, this that's the first time I've heard anything about it. Joe's so I, I read the proposal and you know prior working with Joe prior. I know it's his passion. Uh, Definitely I, his passion. I, I share I shared the passion. I was you know uh, co-founding member of the Southern Bike League back in Atlanta when there were no bike trails, and so I I, I share that passion. Uh, I also understand that we need to moderate. Our passion with the reality of property rights and and cost constraints you know a bike facility going from one end of Dunwoody to the other it, somebody's gonna lose somebody's gonna win the bicycling community might win might win property owners may or may not win right you know now you've got this big honking bike facility going through what was either your yard or your parking lot or whatever yeah i mean what do they mean by bike facility so a bike facility is different than a shower a shower is just a line painted on the sidewalk a facility is an actual path okay all right. that's separate and we have that in, in brook run we have it and we have it in some other places yeah like right next to uh next to the mall there's they're starting to build them it's absolutely the best way to encourage bike riding that would be kind of neat have you seen it there's like a bike path and then there's a walking path yeah i've not seen next to each other as a cyclist you want to be away from the car yeah yeah i mean that makes sense as a driver you want to be away from the cyclist absolutely so these conversations need and should be had and they will be joe's announcing his plan tonight and i think it's important that people listen to it it'll get modified and and then maybe we'll make a decision on it and, and I think the city's doing a good job of putting it on Facebook, and you know they haven't got the recording down correctly yet, but or the, 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 the microphones. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just and everybody's wearing masks too. It just sounds. Really oh bad, yeah, but. those are fun. Let's hop on tonight. Um, do a because they always do like a, a live thing. Yeah, and you can yeah, chat yeah. through it and everything. Yeah, I saw your last time. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're trying to like bring it to the people, and I think more people are probably attending because I used to go to the city council meetings, and there was like. 10 people at some of them so people don't show up to meetings unless they think they're going to lose something yeah 
that's typically what you see when, yeah. when people thought that they were going to put trails along the power lines. Oh, I wish they would. They, they, people showed up in droves. Absolutely yeah. showed up in droves. Well, the whole redistricting thing with the schools too. I mean, well, that's a, a big one, of course. Yeah, that's that a major packed. one. Yeah, I mean, that's anything with schools is going to get folks out. Right. I guess that kind of died on the vine. The whole uh, power line idea. You know, it's private property as opposed to a, an owned easement by the power company. And that's what makes our, our situation unique. I had a solution uh, that I thought would work is that as a property under the power lines got sold, a uh, easement, a, a deed restriction would be put into it so that the new owner was buying with the deed restriction that this pathway may be built right. at some point in time. And that's what Joe mentioned when he came on the show was, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. I yeah, think. it is because over time you'll get what you want right. and people will be buying into it and it gives them a choice. I mean, we all want choices. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line. So if, if anybody hasn't heard about that story, it was, you know, the power lines that run what is it runs from roberts road all the way through kingsley and um, they were trying to put up it was a bike path or it was more like a multi-use i think yeah it was like a belt yeah. line almost yeah. where people can walk through and everybody that lived on there what they were complaining about people being in their backyard is that what everybody's issue was with it i think that was it you know just the idea that you might be out in your backyard in your shorts and maybe no shirt with a martini and some yeah. strangers are walking by. I it mean, seems like a fence could have fixed that. Yeah. yeah, there's ways, there's workarounds, and I, I think that. Um, but there was enough people that were pissed off about it that it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, and and that's that's the that's the way things work in an open, yeah. democratic society. You know, the the charter commission is supposed to work like that. The charter commission is the people's voice, the t- people's opportunity to make revisions and changes, but not completely gut or completely revise the very intent of the charter unless it's not working and ours seems to be working and that's the the basics so that's what you were pushing for i I thought you were more of a changing the tax rates and that kind of stuff but you really just wanted everything to be out in the open well it, it needs to be much more open and transparent not through any fault of any of the members of the charter commission uh, there are circumstances that are beyond their control that are pretty obvious. It's unprecedented times, no, right? Drink, drink. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so that, so that um, you know, a tax increase is inevitable. You know, I I predict that before we were incorporated, and uh, I'm on tape saying it. Would you be in favor of a tax increase? I mean, I would be in favor of a discussion of knowing what the money is going for. Yeah, it'd have think, to be set. You know, when we had, well, shortly after we incorporated, there was issue the discussion of a bond issuance, $80 million bond issuance, but nobody knew what the money was really going to be going for. Yeah, and that came up just a few years ago, too, a, well, a couple years ago. Yeah, right after incorporation, I guess, but sometime after incorporation. And the, the primary objection there was that nobody knew what the money was going to be allocated for. Bonds are a very expensive way to finance a project. Right. A lot of overhead, and you pay for them for 30 years. So that you better have a clear understanding of where that money's going. And a consensus that that's how it should be spent. Yeah, I remember Denny said, uh, over his dead body, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joe, when we had Joe on, he was pushing for a bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, well, Mayor Shortall said something like, you know, if a tornado ripped through town, that then maybe you go and look, look into the bond. But if you're just looking to, I don't know, you know, finance bike trails, then uh, right. Know. And 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 when you start talking about the scope of the project, 
in this presentation, it's 20 to $70 million at the top end, 70, oh, wow. $70 million. Yeah. You know, our, our city budget's 35 million yeah. annually. And there's not much left over after that. Right, right, right. And they were putting a brick run there. Right. Eight million was right. a huge so deal. So I think it's important to note that before Chris Pike left, which was a few years back, he was saying that we have added to the city budget the park component. It who, was, was, who was that? Was that a Chris manager? Pike was the finance manager for okay. our city for a long time. Many awards, a pretty, pretty good finance manager. And he made the comment that if we were going to add more services, the revenue stream we have won't sustain them. Now, John Hennigan repeated that very loudly in his blog recently. I didn't see that. Yeah, and that his most second most recent blog posting, that we cannot sustain the level of spending. Revenues are down, spending is up, and that you know even past COVID times, revenues may increase, but we're spending more. We didn't plan on parks, so that maybe we have to look at increasing revenues there is money in the existing structure our tax cap is 3.04 mil we're currently being taxed at 2.74 mil so there's dot 30 mil in there that can be raised without anything no just simply a a simple vote of council council vote And that's what Hennigan was calling for? Let's get that money. No, well, not necessarily John calling for that, but what he was saying is that we can't currently sustain what we are at. Okay. Um, you know, we've, I think, I think that certainly the first group of council and mayor and second group did a fantastic job of keeping their promise of no higher tax limit. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be unheard of around other cities. I mean, well, Flint, Michigan, years Flint is... Michigan had that. And, and, and of course, look what happened there when they tried to cut corners. At some point, you, you're going to it's not going to be the outcome you want. Taxes go up. That's yeah. a fact. What I think should not happen in Dunwoody is for us to get rid of our tax cap. If we want to raise it. We can raise it slightly after a robust public discussion of where the money is going to be going. Mm-hmm. And we can raise it slightly or not raise it at all. But that if we raise it, then any further increase in spending triggers another conversation. And I think that's the proper way to do it. That's the Democrat, democratic way to do it, okay. I think. Yeah, it makes sense that's, what, that's what makes our city unique. Otherwise, we're like everywhere else Yeah, you know, with the problems that come. And if you had a couple extra million dollars, where would you put it in Dunwoody for being here for so long? Hmm, that's a great question. Ex biker. Jeez, man, you could end every show with that. I well, like we, that question. I had a couple mil. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should ask everybody. Um, well, my, you, wa- my wife would not let me come home if I didn't say the library system. Yeah. Okay, so the library system. She won't listen to this. Um, I think <laughs> she asked me how to get the link before I left the house. Don't, <laughs> don't be too sure. She's probably tippy tapping on the computer right now trying to find it. Um, <laughs> Refreshing over and over. It's not there. Uh, I think that uh, people love animals, you know, maybe some sort of an animal shelter. The idea of a natatorium has come up many times. I thought it's, you were going to say zoo. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very expensive. And, oh, Justin, and, you would hate a natatorium. Yeah. yeah. You know, that they're, he's, they're, a, he's the pool dues guy. Yeah. Right, he's right. Saying. Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, my nephew's a swim 
uh, coach. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that uh, maybe maybe some uh, project that had to do with uh, either animal shelter. Okay. Yeah, I think that might be cool. The, the last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, it was uh, all about the art that they're going to be talking about tonight at the uh, council meeting. And I thought that was really interesting because it wasn't you know making artwork to put on the side of the road which is or sculptures all around which is kind of what i thought about it was more weaving art into what we're already doing so like the bridges that are being built and like all the work on 285 um one of the you know things we talked about was how peachtree corners has the big peachtree corners have you seen that that bridge is really cool but something artistic could be done over our bridges or something like that. It's weaving art into what we're already doing. I, I've said that for years. Uh, I thought that was the, a really cool the, idea. The way that's being paid for in other places is community improvement districts, which are self-taxing business districts where they pay a small amount extra for extra police, mm-hmm. for beautification, for access like walkability or bikeability. And they pay the businesses actually pay a little bit extra and then the big overpass on the access road under Peachtree Industrial, instead of being uh, brutalist architecture, it looks like some beautiful piece of art, as it yeah. could. And they've done this in Peachtree Corners, they've done it in Norcross, and it's, it's a grand idea. It needs to happen. Yeah, the PCID thing, I thought it was cool, too. That's another plug for another show. We had Ann Hanlon on before. Sure. And um, I just think it's crazy that companies would pump their money into the perimeter mall area to beautify it you know it's crazy voluntarily good. crazy good yeah yeah, yeah crazy yeah. good yeah good. no it's right. absolutely yeah and and they're doing that all over cids are very popular all over uh, atlanta and georgia mm. yeah so that's another way to finance uh, things like art right. or even bike trails for that matter yeah and i think they're gonna have some other ideas tonight too from i don't know where they're gonna get art money from but it'll be interesting I think this that, isn't going to come out for a couple of weeks, but right. you can look back on what, what happened on, yeah, yeah, what happened on September 14th, 2020. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good plug, actually, for, for people to watch the live stream of the city council meeting, because I didn't really think about doing that until the... Yeah, I noticed when you started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> comment after it comment. It is a lot of fun, because if you go to the meeting, you can't sit there and like it reminds talk me to of, people. Uh, right. What was it? The... Periscope? Uh, no, oh. where, where the guys are watching the movie, the robots are watching oh, the movies, yeah. commenting yeah. on it. It's like Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Justin's own Mystery Science Theater. Well, we have the technology now to make uh, the, the normally dry process of government a little more interactive, maybe a little bit more fun. Uh, I think that's important that people know what's going on. We, I call it the theory of twos. You're too busy. You have two jobs. You have two cars, two kids, and you're too tired. And and who can get involved with everything? And the meetings are too early. And, and they're, they're the too evening. early, and they're, they're or they're too late. Whatever the case may be, they're not convenient um, to tune in in real time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, DVD wouldn't be it wouldn't exist, right? Right. There yeah. needs to be like a soundboard plugin where I could hit sounds like a toilet flushing sound, things like that <laughs> during the meeting. <laughs> Cartoonish effects. <laughs> <laughs> People would really tune in then. I mean, all you need is like actually two sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> you could have a um, oh, who's the guy that that does all the uh, who's who's the crazy sign guy? What's his name? Um, oh, Hirsch. Yeah, whenever Hirsch would speak, you do the the toilet or like the <laughs> womp, womp, womp. There was a group. He, he complains at every meeting, and there, some of the stuff that he complains about are is legitimate. But there was a group that uh, was around probably about ten years ago called Peach Pundit, and it was basically a, 
uh, an echo chamber that pretty much everybody in the state legislature had tuned into and that they would uh, host a live follow-along for the Georgia uh, General Assembly, which was a hoot to watch because a lot of the things you're talking about with sound effects and with comments were going on in the background, and you could all of a sudden see the reaction of the lawmakers on the video because they're reading the same thing. (laughs) Yes, and you could see their reactions because they don't know they're actually cracking up to Peach Pundit (laughs) and obviously not to what the speaker is saying. Yeah, they're, they're, some of the counselors were watching the, the live stream. You think they're reading Oh, they definitely stuff? were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Well, I think that it's important to note for what you do that government officials, city workers, all tune into this kind of stuff. They're very tuned to this kind of stuff. They're probably your strongest, most reliable audience. They love to hear what people are saying and thinking. Yeah. Well, the mayor is, I, I, when I went through the, uh, those Facebook groups, Mayor's the top every time. She's the one that comments the most and replies the most. And I think it's cool that she's done that because Shorta wouldn't have been on the, in those groups like replying to people. So probably not. And I think it, I think Fran has has kept himself relevant uh, by doing the same thing. And I think a lot of other political folk are realizing it is an excellent way to connect. You're always going to have negative nails. You're always going to have naysayers. Oh, you're exponentially, always, yeah. You know, you're always going to have folks like that 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 are, are just mean spirited. Um, but at least people see that you care. They, you they, are that's in there the key. trying to That's the key. And, and, and staying relevant with new technologies. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, okay. cool, Max. Yeah, that's yeah. a good time to wrap thank it up, you, Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I really yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. You're welcome. 